Make life easy with Sky TV and Netflix all in one place on Sky Q. Now for only €30 a month. Award-winning Sky shows like Chernobyl and complete seasons like Game of Thrones are right next to Netflix originals like The Crown and Narcos Mexico. So if you love queens, kingpins or even whole kingdoms, we've got them all side by side on Sky Q. Now for just €30 a month. Easy. Search Sky 30. New Sky customers only. Setup fees, minimum term and further terms apply. I'm Gary. Austin will be here in just a second. We are Midwest Mics. Uh, Jim is behind the scenes as always, making us look and sound good. Got some new lighting in the room, so you can see my face a little bit brighter today than normal. Uh, and uh, we are in the Uclick TV studios right here inside the High V Arena. And as you can see behind me, the lights are on today. And uh, they've been working on the floors, getting things ready so that we can reopen hopefully very soon so that anybody who wants to can come in here and check it out and, and visit one of the restaurants or come in, play some basketball, you know, what, pickleball upstairs, volleyball, whatever you want to do, uh, work out, come on in for 6 bucks a day. Anybody can come in the Hy-Vee Arena. So, um, you know, anybody, come, anybody, anytime, anybody, anytime, once, once they reopen, once we're able to get out and the stay-at-home order is lifted, you know, in the arena, just watch the website, com to, you know, look for that, that date when, when they re- will reopen. But the floors uh, behind me have all been redone while they've been closed, so they've been using their time very productively here. The people that work for the arena very tire- tirelessly getting all that done. So at this time, I'm going to bring in our guest today, a recurring guest here on our show from, you know, the beginning. Uh, coach DJ Patel, he is currently the head football coach at Kansas City Central, Central High School, uh, not too far from us here on Indiana uh, Avenue over there. Um, but uh, he had just finished his first year uh, coaching as the head football coach there. Uh, we have went through his you know resume before, so we're not going to go through the whole thing again today. But, uh, you know, he coached uh, football. He was the head football, and then he did wrestling in the winter and was helping out with baseball also in the spring, which that season ended up getting canceled because of this COVID-19 epidemic but or pandemic. But, uh, Coach, welcome to the show. Guys, how you doing today? Good, man, good. Always good to uh, see your, your face here on the show. Man, it's fantastic you guys having me back. I'm Super excited. Um, this is better than watching um, Chicago PD all day. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, so let, let's start. We had, we, when we talked to you last on the show, you know, you were just kind of getting going at Central, getting in there, hadn't right. coached any games yet or anything like that. So kind of take us through, you know, that first season and, and how things went. It. When you look at it long term, I had my assistant coach tell me this at the end of the year. Considering that we got our players the very first day of school, mm-hmm. and what we were able to do in three months was was pretty impressive. I mean, we had 15 days to get ready, and that's that includes passing out equipment. And so that was a difficult, difficult situation to be put in. I'm definitely glad for all the head coaches that I've worked with before to help give me, you know, ideas and and try to insist me in any way possible. And once we got that going, um, we won two games this year. We were 2-8, and eight, uh, so we doubled our win total. 
We almost double our points scored. And um, we have a lot of guys returning for this this fall, and I'm really, really excited about this year's team, seeing the opportunities that we have, um, the guys that return, the guys that understand now the commitment of what it takes to have an off-season program, to, to do what it takes to um, understand the weight room, how we go in the weight room, how we prepare in the weight room, how we prepare during stretching, having all of that. Uh, I was super excited, and I just hope that the, the Rona, as they say down here in the city, the Rona, the Rona go away and that uh, we can, you know, get these kids in and, and get them in a better spot. Because I have some guys who have an opportunity to play at a small college level. To give them opportunity to get out would be huge. This year we had a young man, uh, Zion Hansen, who I got one week after school started. One week? Maybe it was a week and a half. Uh, and to be able to get him a, uh, a partial scholarship to Peru State College, shout out to the Bobcats of Peru, Peru State. Hey, listen, I'm going to be completely 100 with you, Gary. You know how I am. Mm-hmm. I did not think anything about Peru State until I went up there. Okay. And I am a believer in that school since I went up there. I love how small it is. I love how isolated it is. I love I love the fact that it's 18 to 1 student to teacher. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And so they have a really nice facility up there. I was super surprised by and super impressed by Peru State. Super impressed. Yeah, we had um, Coach Hoffman from Peru State mm-hmm. on the show and Coach Pinnell. Uh, I believe both those guys are, are staying over with the – I know they mm-hmm. just had a coaching change, but they yep. a head coaching change because uh, the head coach retired. But um, they they said once they get a kid on campus, they feel like they can get anybody in the country because of that yep. campus and how it's it impressive. is. It's impressive. It's impressive. And so you know, this year we're we're really looking forward to get going. I'm excited about our kids. Our academics are up, which was a super hard point to get across. That I'm not playing about your grades. In fact, uh, we had a young man, Xavier Smith, work himself out of being ineligible to being eligible and to see him fight through all the extra stuff that these kids have to go through, all this other stuff that shouldn't have to happen to a high school kid, to walk and battle through that, to go to practice. So we can have these kids practice. They're not eligible to play varsity sports, obviously, right, because of the GPA. Mm Mm-hmm. So we talked to Xavier about, I'm going to explain to you what a redshirt is. You may go to college, you may have to redshirt, or you just practice and go to school. That's it. That's what a redshirt does. You're super scout team guy. Yep. And he bought into that, and he would come to practice and, you know, eat us up. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally just make it a pain uh, and to know that he has bought into the program so much that he's willing to go to school he's willing to get his grades he's willing to fight through all the extra stuff he has to go to because he understands that this matters that's that's fantastic it, well, we it have is. a couple other guys and I know you know Xavier is a kid like that you know that's that's why you chose Central to, to be yeah. at so that you can help those type kids that are dealing with way more than football. But to teach them that, hey, through football, 
you can learn a lot of life lessons and, and possibly, you know, get out and, and provide a better life for your future generations. Yeah, that's, that's what we're all about, trying to shape young men, give them good information, give them an opportunity to see their worth, Did we lose you? Yeah, that's I'm here. Oh, okay. There we go. So it's, you know, we have him, my quarterback, Walter Taylor, is coming back. We got a kid, Demarcus Hawkins and Deontay Morton. You know, hey, Deontay Morton's one of those silky smooth athletes you see play basketball, play football, and it's just effortless. Mm-hmm. It's irritating, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, Bro, like, what are you even doing? He's just so fluid in everything that he does. Um, Demarcus, we, we talked into coming over from basketball. There's not a lot of room for six foot two, two hundred and forty pound postmen or two guards. Um, <laughs> but that makes a great possibility to be an H and a defensive end. And so that and our quarterback Walter Taylor returns. He's been working with Coach Hoover when they were okay. able to do workouts. So um, we're, we're starting to put some some solid bricks in the foundation. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, you know, you mentioned uh, your quarterback, Taylor, working with Coach Hoover a little bit. That's a guy who's who's worked with a few high-level quarterbacks. and friend of, A friend of the show right yeah. there, a friend of the show. Yeah, knows, knows how to get those guys going. Definitely had to do that name drop, right? He is a oh, friend yeah. of the yeah. show. Yeah. And yeah, so he got his, he got his boy he got his boy drafted uh, higher than uh, than I thought he was going. Who's that? Tua, right? He, oh, he trained with. Well, he he was supposed to help train Tua, and then you know the whole COVID nineteen thing happened. Oh, so he didn't get to mess so with he, him. He, nope. he 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 did a few like video things, but they didn't get to do the extensive here's, training. Here's that a they, here's a Hoover Tua story. I got this, I got a Tua story told you by uh, Coach Hoover. They were up at the Elite Eleven in Oregon. And so, I mean, this is, this is the, the elite 11. These are the top 24 quarterbacks in the country. Yep. And then for a couple of days, and then you get the other, the rest of the top 300 for the opening. So Tua is in his room and I, I believe it's, I don't want to say it's from, but it's not going to be from. Anyway, another top quarterback says, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to sit here and read my Bible. So Tua sits there, everybody's out, you know, on the sticks doing whatever, and that quarterback comes back and is like, hey, man, like, you, can you show me how to read that? By the second day of the opening, there's 124 kids in the hall and in the dorm room or the hotel room trying to listen to Tua talk about his faith. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's a incredible. fantastic story. I'll say, yeah, we. Uh, I, I mean, mean the thing, the, the thing about Tua was that uh, everybody always kind of knew he was a super high character guy. His only, his only knockback was his injuries. Right, that's it. Other yeah. than that, vision's great. Uh, family background's great. The faith is, I mean, you know, faith is amazing. But like, yeah, I mean, that stories like that is what rose his draft stock up to get picked higher than anybody else thought he was going. Yeah. That's a really cool story. That is. That's awesome. Um, you know, also uh, a, another real quick Tua story that, you know, I, Coach Hoover mentioned after, 
you know, he, he hey, went in the national championship Let's game. Let's talk about this because you brought it up, Austin. I, I, I am, I am amazed by this that, that the. Hey DJ, we lost you for a sec. Uh, just repeat maybe what you just said. Oh, I, I was going to say, um, since you brought up two and the Dolphins. How would you like to be able to have 12 picks for the rest of the draft and redo your whole roster in one year? You know what? And the cool thing about that is uh, they ended up they ended up the year actually like the second half of their season was actually pretty good. I think they went four. They were, I think went four and four in their, in their last eight. They were either three and five or four and four in their last eight games. And really, the only reason they lost those first few games is because they tried to roll with a young guy with Rosen. And Ro- I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's time to give up on Rosen yet, but Rosen didn't have it, um, and so they switched over to the vet, old Fitzy, and uh, you know it took him rest away. Miami is highly talented, and the thing is too, they timed it. They timed, They literally timed it perfectly with Brady leaving the division, so they're going to get their QB. <laughs> they're going to be able to rebuild their team, and New England's not going to be trash, right? Me and Gary talked about this. It's not going to be trash, but they don't have Brady, and, and you know, Brady's the goat. And he leaves, and so Tua gets to walk into that division and really, I mean, I, well, I say watch out for the Dolphins. They've got a real shot. At, it sounds crazy to say make the, they got a shot to make the playoffs for sure. One of the biggest turnarounds in one season uh, by stockpiling all those draft picks. If they draft correctly, right? Yeah, that's always the question. Can you yeah. draft correctly? I mean, he's, if you had 53 guys and you get to pick 15 of them over, like you're doing one third of your roster this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, if Miami, if Miami, if Miami turns it around, which I actually think they will, uh, I like their coaching staff, all that stuff. Um, they, uh, if they get to turn, if they, if they turn around, it'd be one of the quickest turnarounds in NFL history, and it'll also prove that the way they, because they tanked, they traded a lot of guys out for picks and stuff, Man. and it's going to prove that the tanking worked for them. It didn't work. It hasn't worked so great for Cleveland. Yet, uh, but the thing is, that's another story on draft picks. You got to hit them, right? You got to hit them. And I would take—I mean, I would take Tua right now over their guy, which is you know Baker. I'll take Tua all day. <laughs> Baker's not great. <laughs> that's a nice way of saying it. I mean, I think yeah. Baker's just Tua has a uh, Tua's going to have a, a he has a better for me just knowing his character, just like a better foundation to build on. Uh, Baker's – I mean, I saw how Baker treated uh, when his coach got fired and then, the, and then the Browns went and played the Bengals. I mean, he treated Hugh Jackson like garbage, which might – there was more stories than we know. But, I mean, that's a, that's a – to me, it's a character – a little bit of a character flaw. I don't think Tua would do anything like that. I don't think, you know, going for the Chiefs, I don't think Patrick would do anything like that. Rub it, rub. I mean, they talk a little trash, but nothing like – I don't know. Baker's a little bit, a little bit too much. I don't know, but we'll see how the rebuild goes down in Miami. I mean, I'm I'm rooting, I'm rooting for him. Two is a good dude. Like, and we everybody knows that. And uh, you know, I'm kind of rooting for him. Uh, and only when he does, plays the Chiefs, I'll be going against him. But uh, I like Tua. Oh, I, there's there's tremendous guys to like in this draft. I mean, this going back and looking at day one, like. There are some really good dudes out there that went picks 
eight through what would we say eight through six eight through fifteen yeah eight through fifteen sixteen seventeen like Isaiah Simmons was eight yeah um you know while while you bring him up, you know I think that was a real steal you know I had him going a lot higher of course you know I saw him play in person back in the day uh, you know he torched you were us a victim yeah. He torched us, you know. I've I've talked about it on the show at, at nauseum, but uh, you know, for him to go at eight, I mean, he that that was a steal for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And too. you know, I, uh, Kansas City kid, so it's always good to see those guys from our area, you know, get get that recognition. I think originally so I had him going. At five or so, uh, but then I started looking at. I was betting on uh, draft picks last night on where they would go, like over under wise, and his over under was five and a half. So I took his over. Uh, a lot of mock drafts that came out super late had him going to the Cardinals, and so wow. I was like, and it's a great fit for him, and he gets to go on a team that's super young, super young coach, um, tough division. Yeah, tough but division. Actually, I know a lot of these. I mean, a lot of these teams or divisions are getting getting a lot better. Um, as it's crazy to think, I mean, even over the last like four or five years, it's weird. It's like the stories, it's like the stories we've got from some of the guys that kind of flamed out uh, between like 2000 and 2010 or 2012 has kind of helped some of these newer classes come in and kind of learn the lessons um, on how to act and, 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 you know, being professional, building your mm-hmm. brand. And so a lot of these guys are going to come in. Like I got no doubt, like you were talking about all those draft picks, I got no doubt a lot of those guys are going to pan out. I really think Baltimore got a steal at the linebacker they got. That dude, from, I can't remember his name, LSU. Oh, Queen, Queen super, from LSU. Super beast. That dude is nice. Yeah. And Baltimore gets him. I was like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, unfortunately, my defensive coordinator, Calvin Davenport, he's a Raven fan. Like, he's got the flags on his car, so he's geeked about it. Oh. I was like, whatever. We have Patrick. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah, it's going to be the cool thing about the Ravens. Uh, I'd say Ra- – I was going to say Texans, but I don't know what direction they're going in. Ravens, Chiefs, for sure, over the next two or three years for AFC. That's I mean, that's cream of the crop right there. We're, we're going to see some nice battles, I think, between Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson. Um, and the cool thing is different styles too, right? So you go Lamar run, run, kind of throw a little bit, safe passes, but like, you know, Mahomes, gunslinger. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get a lot of battles, I think, between the Ravens and the Chiefs over the next couple of years for sure. Maybe three years. I got to ask Gary a question. Yeah, what's up? Were you scared to death about what Jerry was gonna do on his own at on seventeen? Was you a little panicked on the? Yeah. Was he? Was he a little sea? Did you get a little worried he's gonna get a little seasick on the yacht, Gary? I thought out there too. I was kind of with Gary when we were watching the draft. We were doing like a Zoom, like a Zoom type meeting, and. He was not a fan of the pick, but I don't know how he feels today about it. Yeah, so I was nervous, you know, uh, about Jerry kind of being on his own because, you know, <laughs> you, you never know what that guy's going to do or what he's thinking. Uh, you know, I, I was very vocal that I wanted to see Dallas go defense and I wanted them to get McKinney from Alabama safety. But as C.D. Lamb was falling and falling and falling – you know, my initial reaction was, oh, man, we went offense and we have a pretty good offense already. But after some reflection, I, I don't see how you could have passed up C.D. Lamb sitting there at 17. It just fell in your lap. 
as probably your your number two wide receiver now behind Amari Cooper, and then you throw Michael Gallup in there who had the, a great year last year, and you know that's a really good receiving core now. That was an outstanding receiving core. I was just wondering if if they would just try and do something crazy like Jordan Love at seventeen. <laughs> yes, you know, See, just, like Green, just Green Bay. Yeah, yeah that like, would. Hey, I'm, uh, I don't. I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to pay you, Dak. I'm just going to get. I'm going to get Jordan Love at seventeen, and we just going to just oh my redo this whole thing. Yeah, that would have made me a little upset. Uh, <laughs> I probably would have went off the rails on that one myself. But uh, I'm, you know, like I said, my initial reaction was that it was kind of like, oh, man, I really wanted defense. But the, I guess the uh, coach in me and the media personality, once I had some time to reflect, I'm like, you know what, that, that's a great pick. So I mean, let's big, go. Big time value, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, so the craziest pick of the draft, Austin just kind of brought it up there. Uh you know, Jim's got a little message here on the screen we're going to throw up as we talk about Green Bay trading up to get love from Utah State. <laughs> Packers are fools. So that was Austin's initial reaction. Uh, I, you know what? And I've had I've had a little more time, and and I like I commented below it and to kind of talk to talk about like why I feel that way about about Green Bay drafting that guy. Jordan Love may actually turn out to be um, a pretty good quarterback. His ceiling. I know they're saying his ceiling is super high. Utah State tore it up, right? But I would say this: on a team where you you won 13 games last year, right? I think. Yeah, NFC Championship game. NFC Championship. You were one game away from the Super Bowl. You are you. You're definitely a win now, a win now team. And you went for a dude that probably won't start. If he's going to start for you, it'll either be when Rodgers is hurt, or it'll be in like. I think Rodgers has. Uh, three to four years left, right? Because then he'll be forty, and he's and like if you look at his numbers now, he's turning into um, he, where he has like Brady numbers, where it's like four thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, four picks. Uh, the year before that was like twenty three touchdowns, two picks. The dude basically is playing a little more safe than he used to because he, you know, he knows how old he is, and and he's doing what Brady does, which is perfect. And so, anyways, for a win now team, they needed to draft some guys that were going to help them win now. And instead, they went for a guy that may not start for, like I said, three years. So that's that's where I'm at, and that's the explanation with that pick. He still may be a good quarterback, but, you know, it's whatever. So, DJ, where are you at on that? Man, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at the picks around him. I mean, you had Ruiz go at 24. Yes. Who I, who that I dude absolutely is a major wanted stuff. for the Chiefs. I wanted him for the Chiefs so bad. Like, that was my guy. Like, I was like. Let us have that dude. You had Ayuk from Arizona State go at 25. Then at 27, you have Brooks from Texas Tech. But you have Patrick Queen, the linebacker from from LSU, sitting at 28. Like, you could have gone and gotten a, a, a completely freakish edge rusher who can play all over the field in this fast. Like, that – Going back during this uh, the Rona and watching as much college football as I've been allowed to watch now, since I miss it during the season, since we play on Saturdays, <laughs> watching LSU's linebackers run is ridiculous. Yep, have a like they have, they run. How about this? No bears last night. No bears. 
No bears. They 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 needed some picks bad, but no yeah, bears. Traded them away. When did they trade those last year? Yeah, I think that was part of the Khalil Mack deal. Yeah. Oh wow. Wait, so that's yeah. No, that's there was, two years ago, isn't it? They've had Khalil for two years. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that they're still feeling that from that pick. Yeah. I mean, Might actually, I, you know what? Uh, but the, with the it Khalil was trade, Mack and Trubisky. They, they oh, oh yeah. See the that's a win for me. It's a win on the Khalil Mack trade. Mack is beast, beast. Uh, Trubisky, uh, not so much. Actually, Trubisky oh, to me, Trubisky's a fantastic pick there because we get Patrick Mahomes because of that. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got pick. yeah. As a Chiefs fan, you gotta love that. And really, I will Trubisky for, I actually will forever love the fact that the Bears took Trubisky there. I love those Bears. <laughs> you know what the thing is forever. too. It was old Nagy. He was just Nagy helping us out there. Thanks, thanks we'll a lot, it. Nagy. But he, uh, we'll I take it. I texted the owner of the St. Joe Mustangs, Big Bears, big, just big Chicago guy. I mean, is he? White Sox guy. You know, you, you can kind of get the drift of what kind of fan he is, Blackhawks. But um, I said, I said, no Bears. He goes, yeah. And then I, he texted me back though. I'm not even watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I definitely, I normally actually don't watch the whole draft. I, or I have it on, like, in the background or whatever. Um, but last night I was in on it because I was like, man, just give me some kind of sports something. And uh, I was – I really, actually, I, I think this last night's draft it was the one I enjoyed the most because it was just – I've had forever with nothing. And now, now I'm in. And then it was – yeah, it was good. And you know what? The cool thing is with all the uh, – with the way they had to do it all over the, like, Zoom and all right. that stuff, I thought they actually did a really good job. Yeah, that, yeah. That, uh, it, did, it did a fantastic job. There was there was one time where uh, Goodell had an open mic. I don't know if you saw that. And then uh, the Raiders get the draft back in twenty twenty as a mulligan. He did you hear him say that? No, yeah, I, no I you know that. what? So I, the way I watched it was I had it. I had the I had the draft muted, and then I have a a, a show I like to watch, uh, which is the uh, Pat McAfee show. I had that volume up because those guys are a lot more entertaining than than the. Trey Wingo and those guys. And then I had our Zoom meeting with Gary and our buddy Kelly on. So I actually didn't hear that, but that's that's funny. I have to go back and, and sec, check that out. But like I said, I props to the NFL. I thought they did a good job with the hand they were dealt, uh, which is actually no surprise. The NFL is like one of the best or, sports organizations there is. So, Well, back in 2013 after Andy Reid's first year, um, we uh, did a draft pick show um, when they got Eric Fisher at the 810 uh, zone over the, over on 135th and talking about a long night feeling time because, you know, number one overall that yeah. year. So, you know, Ricky Bobby's – I had to bring this up, thought about this way on. If you're fa- if you're not first, you're laugh- last Ricky yeah. Bobby's dad's comment. <laughs> yeah. Not true in this case. No. no. We, we were last, but we were first this year. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about that. And I actually thought uh, – uh, oh, DJ, what do you think about the Chiefs, Chiefs draft pick? Love it, yeah. I'm all, I'm all the way I mean, on board I, with it too. After, after I read after some I had stuff to think about, about it. Now, originally, I I was I was wanting Ruiz mm-hmm. because you know I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm totally about offensive linemen. They got <laughs> I think, no, no, I think you should draft <laughs> you should draft offensive linemen every year. Me and Gary talked about that. Yeah, me and Gary talked about that. It's it's never a bad pick to go offensive line. Best, best best Facebook or tweet last night 
right only there. got me five. five right there. Five, right there. five uh, reactions. What the heck? Yeah, so, DJ, keep keep going with your uh, Chiefs analysis there. So, with the with the Chiefs, you know, if, if I couldn't get Ruiz, you know, the next one I wanted was Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and okay. I, I just like – I like the way he runs the ball in between the tackles because I know Damian – uh, Williams gives us a great outside presence. Now we have a more physical inside run game. I was, mm-hmm. you know, looking about that. But then I didn't even think about Allaire until, like, later. And then when they picked him, I was like, it's Brian Westbrook. That's all yeah. it is. Like, you just gave – I know there's going to on, – on Andy Reid's, you know, Waffle House menu, there's a section called Screens. And I guarantee you, the screen game just got ridiculous with with the way he catches the ball. I mean, Edwards yep. Hilaire can catch the ball out yeah. of the backfield. And now we're going to just – so we're going to have all the speed and all these dudes running off and all these guys running crosses, and then we're going to dump it out to that. I mean, come on. Like, that's that's, no, that's Leach and, and Reed making a pick. And then how do you feel to be that kid – Knowing that Pat Mahomes said he wanted you. Yeah, have you guys have you guys seen that? Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to bring that story up. Have you seen that story? Yeah. So yeah, so they basically say I read, so I read the full article. So Veach and Reed already had that that kid on their radar, and they went ahead and t- I think they texted Mahomes, I think in a group chat or whatever, and they said, hey, just uh, say a running back, don't think too hard, and just whatever, put out a name, and he and he said the same kid they were thinking about, and they said, cool, done deal, we got him. I'm like, man, that's that's amazing how it's uh, you know Pat had looked at him and, and loved him, and then reading them were all they're all it's it's they're all on the same page, and it's cra- it's crazy to, to I mean it's it's amazing because I still remember years ago with like Pioli and all those guys how no one was on the same page with like Pioli Haley and all those guys, and now we literally <laughs> have Reed. Oh my God, we got like Reed Beach. Uh, the enemy. Everybody's on the same page. Pat. Everybody's on the same page all the time. Well, it's gonna make pre like some of this preseason football. I'm serious. It's gonna make it like must watch because we're literally three running backs deep with guys that can are lightning quick. Well, and in back when I was covering at Arrowhead, one Arrowhead drive back that last year, you felt like you were being escorted around by Secret Service. Blinds were all shut. It Weird. was a very closed environment. It was just, I mean, it, it, Pioli was just so nervous and so guarded at those times. I mean, it, it just wasn't a fun environment from from the front office to the field to the media to whatever, the coachings. And, uh, you know, it's it's a different world now. Could you imagine what it feels like to be that kid and know that Pat Mahomes knows who you are and said, I want you yeah. No pressure, right? Right. I mean, the arguably the the number one quarterback in the league said, "Yeah, hey, this is if you're going to give me a running back, like this is the kid I want." Man, like you got to be excited to come to work. You know, yeah. it, it, here's another thing. We have a gem here in Kansas City, okay? His name's Dylan McCullough, and he's our running backs coach. And all he does is insert a guy that averages five and a half yards a game every every week. I mean, we realized when we lost Kareem Hunt, how he just put dudes in and the run game stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You're, and now he's talking got, about me. He's got, <laughs> <laughs> and now and now he's got the same thing going with with Williams, right? Williams was great in the playoffs. 
McCullough always has his dudes prepared. He always has his dudes prepared. And now he's going to get another guy? Like, I mean, we, we have some coaches on this on this Kansas City Chiefs staff that I am really happy that they are coming back. Yeah, and speaking of McCullough, he, he has a son who's going to be a senior two. right at – Yes. Yeah, he has two sons that are ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Where do they play at? Uh, I think Blue Valley North. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the one that's going to be a senior, I believe, I see him tweeting out like every day, like I've received my 75th offer from whatever Division One college, insert here. Yeah, I think last week was Ohio State, Pittsburgh, wow. Michigan State, um, it, it's the, it doesn't matter. It's whoever. I mean, he's yeah. already visited Alabama, and his his younger brother may be better. No joke. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. The younger one they is may be better than 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 all of them. And and Dylan is who's over at um, Miami of Ohio playing defensive back. You know, he went to where his dad went. That, that kid played for us on Epic Seven, and he's an unbelievable athlete. Son played with us on Epic Seven. He's unbelievable, but Day may just be better. Like it's it's crazy. And hey, a little fun fact about uh, McCullough over there, um, Blue Valley North. Wait till you hear this kid talk. Okay. If you if you put James Earl Jones at the bottom of a well, <laughs> he got the real got the real man's voice going on, huh? His voice is so deep, and you know he's you know he's. 6'5", he's 200 pounds, he's kind of wiry, right, fun fun spirit. And then you hear him talking, you got to turn around like, what grown man just spoke? Because <laughs> his voice is so deep. It's yeah, unbelievable. We, uh, one thing we want to do once, you know, the, the Rona has cleared and we're able to, you know, people are able to kind of resume a normal life is we want to try to spotlight some, high school seniors in the Kansas City area, uh, you know, maybe some of the lesser-known kids, uh, you know, a- along with some of those high big-time athletes and maybe do, like, short segments with each of them and, you know, just to kind of get the well, word out there, you know, kids from different schools and different walks of life. Iowa just Iowa just made two kill shots here in Kansas City. They just got Mason Richmond out of Blue Valley, offensive lineman, yeah. who I call Drax because he's like got he, his sense of humor. And then they just picked up Bo Stevens out of um, Blue Springs. Like, Iowa just came in here and killed it. And I, with those two guys going, I wouldn't be surprised if Arlen Bruce goes up there too. Like, I was, Iowa killed Kansas City this year. Yeah. I know um, you hate I go that, Gary. You know Gary's happy about that. Yeah, and I, Gary I talked to that. Bruce – I talked to Bruce a little bit last night, um, actually on uh, on Snapchat through the Midwest Mike Snapchat. I was uh, we were texting back and forth, you know, about Simmons. Obviously, you know, same high school, and, right? Uh, coaching against Arlen Bruce, you know, I don't I don't know him off the field much, but on the field, some of the same traits and things, you know, that I saw in Simmons, I see in that kid now. Yeah, that kid's that kid's good. I mean, but as I a as a defensive coach, two more offensive linemen out of Iowa because that's a shock. Because what does Iowa produce every year? Oh yeah, what, O-line. Another, I mean, in the you know we we mentioned earlier, you coach in wrestling. 
the the big thing that Iowa looks for in their offensive linemen is like state championship caliber wrestlers. And I don't yes. think a lot of high school kids understand the benefits for, you know, the, the bigger guys, especially being a wrestler and just mm-hmm. everything it teaches you. Well, I mean, if you look at Wirfs that they, you know, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa who fell yeah. to 13. Hello, Tom Brady. Did you just get a godsend? Like, who, who's going to gift you Tristan Wirfs? The kid yeah. jumped out of a pool. I mean, he's jumping yeah. out of a pool. Like, that's – you're a 300-pound man. I can't even jump up off the couch, let alone <laughs> jump out of a pool. Right? Like, dude is yeah. jumping out of a pool. Like, that, that explosive in athleticism. And he played baseball and wrestled up there in, in Iowa. Baseball, mm-hmm. you know, I, see, like, I didn't see that. I, yeah, did, was I, a, I saw that clip of him coming out of the pool, and I was like, "What the heck?" He was a pitcher, super athlete, right? Yeah. Like, it's okay to play other sports to make you athletic. Watching yes. Henry Ruggs duck basketballs last night was like, "Wow!" Like you are really explosive. But I yeah. mean, Iowa, Iowa is is just a factory right now for producing offensive linemen, and it used to be. The big school was Wisconsin in the big, t- in the big, was it nine thousand, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, I think Iowa is is passing them and seeing the guys they're producing, tight ends they're producing, offensive linemen that they're producing is is fantastic. Yeah, now, I, I, mean, I loved I loved worse. I, I I think he is something else. Like I was hoping like he would you know somehow fall. You know, I always have dreams <laughs> as fantasy GM. Yeah. About top five dudes falling down to 32. Yeah. Um, you know, because I always have an answer like, oh, if we could just get, you know, Tristan Wirfs. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. Him, like, yeah, I, I got, definitely you know, thought he would go in the in, top 10. If, 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 like, I mean, let's just look at those, those picks. Was it 11, 12? Is it 11 and 12? Where did they go? Yeah. No. Ten, Willis to Cleveland, steal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Jedrick Willis out of Alabama, <laughs> like steal. Okay. Then you get I don't know. In um, what was it Game of Thrones? Wasn't it the mountain? Yeah. So now you get the guy from like you literally just picked up the dude in Baku from Black Panther, and Makai Be- Becton out of Louisville. <laughs> like he is. Yeah, I see. Like I really, yeah. like I had him pretty high. I really, I like, really liked him. The only, I like, mean, the only he, knock on him, probably the only reason he slipped down, is because he played at Louisville. I mean, really, and, you know, he didn't play at Ohio 13, State or you Bama. Pick, you pick worse. I mean, that that was three top five tackles that just go bang, bang, bang. And I'm not going to hate on the kid from Georgia that went to the Giants at four. You know, yeah. Thomas. I'm not hating on him, but Will, Willis, Becton, and Worfs were. Yeah. Those guys are unbelievable. Kind of in and that Beckton range you're talking player. about, uh, 10 to 15, the one odd pick was, you know, one of the Chiefs' biggest rivals there with the Las Vegas Raiders taking Riggs, the wide receiver out of Alabama, who, you know, in my opinion, and I know your opinion too because we were talking earlier, but not even the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah, I was pretty surprised <laughs> by that. <laughs> I – Okay. I mean, I don't know how you take Jerry Judy behind rugs. I mean, Jerry Judy is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. He is ridiculous. 
Yeah. And then you have rugs. Like, I, I know, did Al Davis just come back? Like, did he just go straight Undertaker and just come up out of the coffin? Like, <laughs> sit up at a 90-degree angle and pick rugs because he's fast. Yeah. And like, he, hey, that guy's really fast. He'll just outrun everybody. Yeah, it's like, his, like uh, they were going to draft, and all of a sudden his ghost, his ghost just showed up out of the floor and said, draft this guy. I said, all right, I guess so. And they went and did it. Yeah, that was kind of good. I mean, he's a good player, but, like, I mean – it's crazy. This we, draft we, feels this draft feels pretty loaded. Like, I mean, really. Like the first yes. round when you're you're looking at like all these players, like, dang, like everybody everybody is solid. I mean, it's really solid. And another common theme, uh, especially this year, and it's been like that in years past, was the was all the schools they came from. It's I mean, you get, you know, with your offensive line, you know, you have Iowa, but like it's Ohio State, it's Alabama, you got some OU in there. Uh that was you. LSU, you got one kid from Utah State, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's all it's all like the same. I mean, it's all the same. You got two schools. TCU guys in here. I saw that. That was kind of I was kind of surprised by that. But they they are their studs too, really. So I mean, all it's, right, Austin. I've got to ask you this: Did you find it odd last night that the AFC West just declared that we are no longer playing defense? Yeah, then we're only going to play offense because we got to figure a way to outscore Kansas City. Because you just said I'm not picking a single defensive player in the first round. Yep, I am going straight offense, and we're just going to see if we can score. Because they, they, I saw a stat last night that the Chiefs allowed 66 points in six AFC West games. Yep. So you averaged 11 points against us. So you yep. said, you know, I need to go get big numbers. <laughs> Because trying to stop Kansas City is impossible right now. So we're just going to go get speed to try to be vertical and and try to outquick them. I thought it was a shock that every team in the AFC West decided we're going offense. I mean, other than like with San Diego, San Diego had to get a quarterback. You could have got a, you could have got a quarterback in the second round, but I mean, y'all decided. No, we're playing we're playing offense out here. Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, w- I jumped on Twitter like after I got after I got off the Zoom call with this guy, and, and so I jumped on Twitter just to see some reactions. And I actually didn't realize that I didn't realize that happened until after after the draft or after the first round. And I was like, "What?" I mean, it makes sense, right? Because the goal for the goal for every team is try to win your division. So they feel like, okay, we need to we need to go offense heavy because we got to match up with KC. And also, you know, are they just kind of you know kind of copying our our formula a little bit? Because, you know, they're going to want to go offense heavy. Because, I mean, really, they, they want to get a lot of those teams, they, they, they want to go receivers because KC's receiver core is nasty. And we got our, all of our guys back, which is really crazy because I really thought Robinson was gone. I really thought Watkins was gone. And then all of a sudden we have everybody back, which is insane. And so, yeah, so the other teams are like, oh, crap, we got to try to match up. And, I, you know, I think as far as Denver goes, Denver wants to try to get a weapon for Drew Locke. Um, you know, I don't. And they did. They did, and I, I, I'm curious. I actually thought I saw some mock drafts said they were going to go running back, which I didn't agree with. But receiver, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, we'll see. I will see. I'm not. After watching Drew Lock this year, I'm not sold on him as an NFL guy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what what happens with with our division. I think uh, as far as uh, the way the teams are shaping up now. Chiefs are still the big time favorite because we're going to have a bunch of 
Well, not young QBs, but a bunch of QBs that still are kind of, I mean, besides Carr, which I think we know what Carr is. Carr is like the average dude. He's an average quarterback. The other two quarterbacks still are going to have a lot to prove this year. So um, I thought it was, yeah, that's a that's a crazy point that you made about the offense. But, yeah, we'll see Carr how that Carr is one of goes. my favorite quarterbacks to watch. I Who? love Carr. You do? Carr. I love him. Every time he, he plays Kansas City, I already know he's going to throw about four picks. <laughs> and just yeah. make some stupid decisions. So I love him. You know, uh, no, I was going to say, you know that uh, I saw a Pro Bowl clip because Car- Carver made a Pro Bowl uh, maybe three years ago, and that's how he got his, his re-up, his big deal. Uh, he was Andy Reid was coaching Pro Bowl with him, and they're mic'd up, and, and Reid said if the trade with Alex Smith did not go through, that the, the Chiefs were going to draft hit Carr. And so well, that, I mean, that, that's interesting to me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So we got old, we got old safe Alex Smith who wins a bunch of games, and then he gets to kind of mentor Mahomes, and now we got we are where we are. Uh, well, yeah. Without Alex, I I don't think we are where we are. I mean, no, I got I have oh, absolutely no. I have insane love for Alex Smith. I mean, he's just he's a guy. He's he's one of the best. I mean, they even talked about giving him a ring, a ring this year, and it was just kind of funny. But he was, you know, he's part of the whole culture change. With the Chiefs being back to being winners, well, he, I mean, this he, is what I don't I don't understand about NFL quarterback uh, and the complaint about NFL quarterbacks. Tom Brady is a game manager. I mean, is there anybody talking to him in the headset? Like, do you think he's listening to McDaniel's at all? Like, you no. don't think that Tom Brady knows exactly what I'm doing right here, and I can get you in this defense, and I'm going to short motion somebody just to manipulate you, and then I'm going to hit Edelman for six yards and a first down, and we're going to move the chains, right? Drew yeah. Brees, game manager, right? Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, game manager. That's what we really want as quarterbacks. We don't want dudes who are going to go 30 for 30 like Jameis Winston. Yeah. I want a guy that can get in there and manage the clock, manage the team, put me in situations that will make us successful, not throw picks. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and everybody see, I've always about that. I've always been you know, kind of on, on that opinion with you, and I don't know if it's just the coach of me. But I like an Alex Smith a lot more than, for example, a Brett Favre, who, you know, Brett Favre is going to make those four or five throws a game that he really shouldn't. And he's like, oh, I just trust my arm to get it in there. And most of the time they don't pay off in the NFL. No. And, and we're lucky we have a guy that can do that because I know what <laughs> – now, we have this issue now in Kansas City, and thank God – that Justin Hoover is in Kansas City, so we can go fix everybody. <laughs> As a high school co- coach, we have this dude here, 15, who can run around, have no platform, and has the arm strength to throw a ball 65 yards across his body to a guy on an outbreaking route, right? Throw a mm-hmm. corner from 65 across the field. Unfortunately, we have high school quarterbacks that are like, hey, I can do that. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. You know, Don't watch 15. It's like yeah. it's like all the kids who saw Steph Curry shooting threes. Now, every seven-year-old who goes into a gym puts a 40-footer up first shot. We're going to have yeah. the same issue here in Kansas City. The quarterbacks go like, you know what? Hey, coach, on flood, I can really throw the backside post. No, you can't. Yeah. No, there's, there's <laughs> no, one dude. Don't that try that. it. Just, that's it. Don't. don't do it. <laughs> and, when you, no. and when you do that, I'm going to go try to get some money together and send you to Coach Hoover and have you broken and fixed and realigned your thought process of 
hey, the three yard out is safe. Let's take it. First down, move the chain. Yeah, a lot of things that, uh, uh, and you can see between uh, uh, Mahomes being, in, I mean, yeah, he does a lot of that stuff now, right? It's crazy stuff. But the thing is, Andy kind of, there's a lot of stuff that Mahomes wants to do that Andy doesn't let him do. He, he right. I saw a thing that Mahomes, Mahomes really wants to try the uh, the uh, around the back pass, which he try he does in practice. And Reed has, I think actually, I think in a game he actually will do that at one point. But he, uh, but Reed's kind of been like, uh, I don't know about that. But I think the thing about having uh, Smith in you know in front of him for one year uh, was that he really helped him get some of that IQ up as far as like, okay, this is the NFL. Corners are a little, little bit better. Safeties are a little bit better. Uh, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna, they will jump that route. You'll be, you'll be, you know, toast. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I were just saying all those kids that look up to him and like, yeah, I can do that. I can do the left-handed pass. Well, you're right-handed. I can do it. I can yeah. do it. <laughs> it was funny last year, or was it last year or two years ago when right at the game after Mahomes had done that left-handed <laughs> pass, we were at practice that next week or our coaches meeting or something and. Coach Hoover was talking about, you know, all these guys coming in to, to spin it and talking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw that left-handed pass now. And he's no, like, not. no, you're not. We're, dude, we're, we're just going to work on fundamentals here. Let's get that down first. Do you think, do you think uh, uh, Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes' mom talk a, a, a little? Uh, no. Okay, Andy Andy says to Pat's mom, Miss Mahomes, hey, hey, you need to tell him he's grounded from that. Or you know, uh, <laughs> no, he's, I don't, he's grounded I don't for making that left-handed pass. You know what? We haven't seen him make that left-handed pass since then. But mom tells him he's grounded from running. That hadn't worked. I, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm glad. That, yeah, Mahomes actually, uh, as far as his little run game goes, he's really smart about like where he picks his spots uh, to kind of to kind of take it and take hits, and then also go out of bounds. So I mean. Uh, he was kind Facebook of the leading rusher loaded. last year, wasn't he? Do what? He was kind of the leading rusher last year at times, at least. There's well, there yeah, there was games we were fishing for our running back. I mean, our running game ended up being better uh, playoff time, but uh, yeah, some through the games. I mean, we you know we reached for you know we tried to see if Lashawn McCoy had some stuff left in the tank, which uh, um, actually we tried it. It was okay. It didn't work. He wasn't he wasn't even active for the last. I think six games or whatever, but uh, anyway. So I, I mean, the, you think about that too. That's another reason why we draft this running back was, you know, we need we kind of need another guy. Damian's really kind of stepped up, but Damian's also twenty eight years old. He got about a couple more years left in him. You know, he hit, running backs hit that age thirty, and they're kind of done. So, um, but yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of the quarterbacks you were talking about. We're, we're going back to the interception thing. A lot of guys have turned into kind of game managers. Even when we talked about Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers' picks are way down because he's 36 and he knows, like, hey, I got to pick my spots or, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of these gunslinger guys, um, they actually don't make it in the NFL. Um, so nice to have old Andy Reid around for that. And yes. I, I really think that there is a correlation to low interceptions in quarterback play if you look at their tight end. Look at okay. teams that have a really good tight end, and then look at how many picks those quarterbacks throw. Ooh, yeah, let's break I, that. Let's break that down a little yeah. bit. Now, now that you, I mean, I, I never really thought of it that way, but I would bet if we did pull up the stats of, you know, the the best tight ends in the league, I bet their quarterbacks do throw the fewest interceptions. Let's just take the top two right now because it's easy. 
Yeah. It's Kelsey and Kittles. Right? Yep. Look what, where was Jimmy? Look, I mean, where was Jimmy G on picks last year? Let me go this here. I don't know off the top of my head. He I'll wasn't see terrible. I, yeah, I mean, obviously went to the Super Bowl. But so. you have, but you have. I mean, you have a run game and you have a pass game, and having a tight end in this league is essential. I mean, look at Seattle just went and got. Um, oh my goodness, the gentleman from um, Carolina well, who was uh, there forever. Olson. Yeah. Right. Another great tight end. Right. Look, look I mean, the, um, the Ravens just got another tight end. Now they can go two tight ends. They can go. Come on. The Ravens can go 22 personnel. Yeah. I mean, Garoppolo, Garoppolo had 13 picks last year, but his, his quarterback rating is 102, which is pretty solid. Yeah. So interception, right. your, your lowest interceptions last year, Mariota, which he didn't, he didn't play a full season. Right, um, I bet it might be right. Well, what is Nick it? Foles, Bridgewater, which they didn't play full seasons either. Well, Rogers, um, see, so Rogers had who's his who's his four tight picks. End? I don't who's, know. who's a Green Bay's tight end last year? It's not Grant, is it? Jimmy Graham? No, yeah, I think no. it was Graham last was it year. Graham? Oh, it was Graham. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Graham. So yeah. yeah. Um. So, so you get to you get to watch. I mean, you're working at Arrowhead in one of the suites, but you kind of get to watch mm-hmm. Mahomes, you know, in person kind of a little watch. bit. Um, no, how really awesome watching. is it? <laughs> Do what? I'm really watching. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just how awesome is it to to be out there every week? And I mean, the atmosphere and then the celebration that you got to be a part of you know, kind of after the, the Super Bowl and after things had kind of settled down before we were on lockdown? Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Um, working out Arrowhead and working in the suite that I work at, I'm right in the end zone. So I'm on all 22 view all the time, which as a coach is like your favorite camera angle is yeah. from behind. So, uh, you know, we talk about it and as coaches as the butt cam. Like, we get to see where the butts are and how they're moving. Like, I think that's fantastic. So I get to watch that. But then I get this time from 9 a.m. to about 9.45 when dudes are walking out by themselves and getting themselves ready. My end zone happens to have the opposing team all the time, so I get to watch, you know, the best of whoever's down there. And then to watch these guys warm up and be so diligent at how they prepare their bodies, that's fantastic. And then you get to watch the stadium fill, and it starts to get crazy. Then, you know, it's 1145, and it looks like there's nobody in the seats because we have 50,000 people who decided to get away from the tailgate at 1145 for the noon game, and let's all walk in at the same time, yeah. which happens every Sunday. Guilty as charged. And, you have, <laughs> and then you have the fabulous national anthem that ends in home of the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and that feeling. Then you get to feel the fireball from the, the – the. listen, there's no way I could play in today's NFL. Not that I was good enough ever. But I ain't running through no pyrotechnic fire thing. Like I'm not I'm, – please don't put the flames up as I'm running through because I would be scared to death. <laughs> I, I could just be the one dude that melts down because like, all that plastic – I don't think any of those uniforms are flame retardant. Yeah. So that freaks me out. But then, then you have you have the you have the the fireball and then you have the crowd and then you get to watch it and you get to watch your favorite team every week. 
this is the same suite I was in when we were going through the, you know, Todd Haley, um, Herm Edwards, 2-14 and 14 debacle when no one knew that we were playing football out there when our quarterback was Tyler Thigpen. <laughs> so, right? The mm-hmm. true great, dual great, threat He's a man. Great, great third-string quarterback. He's great. Fantastic, you know. And then we got, you know, some dude named Croy. Anyway, we go through, and then now with this, you know, the, the game against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago when we had the touchdown, then they get called, and then the two-point conversion, they called it called back. That's the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. And then last year, two years ago, when we had the the D Ford offsides, that's the loud. Like, I was in shock, like, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And being in that, and then to hear the deflation of, yeah. we're not going to the Super Bowl because we're going to overtime because all of a sudden now this is a first down. And then yeah, this I- year... I told people, I said, listen, if we win today, I'm going to go get champagne, and I'm spraying everyone in here, just so you know. <laughs> I'm going to spray the fans. We are, we are popping bottles because I've waited a long time. I'm 48. It's been a long time since Super Bowl IV. Mm-hmm. Long time. We end up winning. I get to be out in the crowd. We're spraying champagne over people. People walking by, pouring champagne in their mouths. I mean, it was just fantastic to have that childhood dream of watching your favorite team have a chance to go to the Super Bowl and and win it at home. And that's just something I will always cherish and just know that that's it. And then to have um, to win it, to have my family around me, my grandson, my mom's on the phone. And us just going crazy. You know, my brother lives in Portland, and they have a Chiefs bar they go to. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's a guy from Kansas City who has a bar up there. And so all the Chiefs fans in Portland, there's about 100 of them, go up there to call my brother, you know, to have my mom, you know, on this dual FaceTime thing and going crazy. And my grandson just running around screaming, not knowing why he's running around screaming, but just knowing that he's running around screaming because we're all doing it. He doesn't get it, but... You know, we just won the we just won the Super Bowl. I, I I freak out every day that we did that. Like I, I, I freak out every day when I know that my quarterback is Pat Mahomes. I was gonna say, isn't that isn't that crazy to to have that to have that guy, especially after all the other quarterbacks we've gone through, um, and to have that dude. Um, I mean, really, the last quarterback. The last quarterback we had that could potentially bring us to the big game uh, was like a, you know Trent Green, early two thousands, uh, where the offense was super dynamic, and the Joe Montana is, had us in the AFC Championship. Yeah, game. Joe Montana's right there. I mean, really, I mean, really, the, the last two quarterbacks that could take us the whole way is Trent Green, and then Montana. Montana could have got us there too. Um, I really feel like with, with it's funny with Trent Green, if the defense was good, anything. We actually probably would have got one because he was, I mean, he was lights out when they when they had talked about his numbers as far as touchdowns and yardage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's like first, he's either first, second, or third in the league almost every single year he's here. And the and the other thing, I mean, like when my wife and I first started dating, um, we had Elvis Gerbach as quarterback, and I explained yep. to her watching Elvis Gerbach, it was like. When you were in third or maybe fourth grade, you finally got the chair that separated from the desk. It wasn't attached. Yeah. And you would lean back in that chair, and you would get that one point where it was almost too far, but you were almost safe, and you had that little horrible feeling in your stomach because you might flip backwards. 
that was like watching Elvis Gerbach take a snap. <laughs> what a man! What an analogy right there! Yeah. Holy my god! Because it could he be was... fantastic, or it could be a complete cluster. Yeah, and, and the, the thing have, that didn't no help him between. was that he was he was a jerk. I think I remember uh, one of the first interviews he had. They they asked him something about barbecue, and he actually was like, "Ah, in case he's not that great or something." And everyone's like, "Boo!" <laughs> he, I mean, he was a jerk. I mean, the guy is the guy's a jerk. Uh, was that quarter? What was he? A quarterback for two years? Three, something like that. Three, weird. I mean, like a few years where it's weird, where we have this like weird rotation where we go from. What does it go? It goes Montana to uh, Bono, Montana to Bono to Gerbeck, and then to. Well, we remember uh, we had Steve Gannon or Rich Gannon. I mean, Rich Gannon, yeah, Rich, Gannon. Gannon. Rich Gannon traded him away, right? He that Gerbeck. was a disaster. Yeah, I mean the only yeah. reason I, the only reason Gannon really kind of fell off with the Raiders, you know, a year it was one year after the Super Bowl thing is that his his neck injury is is too severe. Uh, to come back, but that dude is a stud, Who? and they and they they made a choice on Gannon over Gerb, or they made a chase on Gerback over Gannon, and you just go, right what now. the heck are you doing, man? Who bashed the Kansas City restaurants? Gerback, Gerback, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you knew about that, yeah, you know about that too. Yeah. Gerback said that, and I was just like, everyone was like, nah, we don't really care for this guy. And KCK gave him because he's Croatian. And there's a lot of Croatians <laughs> over in KCK. They gave him the mayor over there, which is a Croat was Croatian at the time, gave him a key to the city, and I think she wanted to take it back. Yeah, <laughs> jump the gun right. Jump the gun there. Gerbeck, uh, Gerbeck hey, was Garrett. another 49ers guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yep. a million. Hey, we had a hey, million Garrett. 49ers quarterbacks here. Yeah, Gary, if you could be in in Jerry's world and watch the Cowboys win the AFC championship or the NFC championship, what do you think that would be like? Since you're fantasizing, um. You know, honestly, I I can't even imagine what what I would be feeling um, at that moment. We they, the Dallas Cowboys have been close my in my lifetime. I mean, obviously, I was thirteen, fourteen, a couple times. You know, when when they did win it back in the day when I was younger. But uh, you were thirteen and fourteen a couple of times. Uh, well, I mean, you, you know, when they won the Super and Bowl, fail fourteen. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I was thirteen. I thought you just failed year. being thirteen. <laughs> um, but like the the emotions, because you know, I, I cheer for the Chiefs because I live in Kansas City, and a lot of my friends are Chiefs fans, and so even the emotion I felt when they did win the Super Bowl and being around all my friends, um, you know, what was overwhelming a little bit, and so I can't even imagine, you know, if it was the team that I've idolized growing up. Well, I, I can guarantee you one thing, DJ. There's no cowboy stuff going up on my wall. I'll show you real quick here. Um, <laughs> like there's got to be stuff. some cowboy stuff. stuff. I mean, there's there's got to be some cowboy. There's no stuff. cowboys like, going I mean, up there. I mean, we all we all got to admit, like we all loved Roger Staubach. Yeah, Jim right? was Jim was big on the Cowboys. You know, before Jerry Jones took over, he's talked about it before. What? You know, he he didn't like the way the Tom Landry situation was handled. And so Tom you know, Landry that's... class, you know what? Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, like those, like as an offensive line guy, like you got to be a Cowboy fan. Cause that wall that they had for the, for the, what was it? The triplets. Yeah. Like that offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in the history of the NFL. And they I mean, were just dudes. Think about Larry Allen and Eric Williams on the same O line. I mean, Larry Allen just at the pro bowl every year, benching, 
nine million pounds. pounds. Man, just just I mean, they're just so good. Like thirty years ago, right? I mean, just like <laughs> thirty, like thirty years ago, right. they're so good. Such so a good. great, such a great organization. So hey, I, I ran into I ran into <laughs> Eric Williams in in Dallas in an airport coming out of a bathroom. Okay. Oh man. And I just had to ask. I I was walking out. He was walking in, and and I waited till he came out. And I said, "I'm gonna ask you a really weird question." I said, "What size is your jacket?" The sport coat. And yeah. he said he was wearing a sixty-four long. <laughs> the big guy. Oh, he was he was massive. Holy. What that? Is Larry, Larry Allen's Larry Allen's one? He's got a show in Dallas, doesn't he? Like a radio uh, show. I think 60, I was I, I was listening to it when I was when I was when I was down there for a while for Larry Allen. Training. Might. No, I think I think uh, Leon. No, no, Leon let's coach. Him. I think it's Larry Allen. Is it? He's it's a, Nate Newton. Yeah, no. Nate Newton. That's oh, there right. you go. It's Nate super, Newton's a radio oh, it's guy super now. entertaining. They it's it's weird. Dallas Sports Radio with the Cowboys. It's such a weird relationship because they they literally like. I think they love to bash that team and they love to bash them. I mean, they want them to win, but they just go. I mean, they go insane over like the smallest things, and it's like it was just the funniest thing to listen to. Another thing is too is that you know it's uh, it, it, you know Cowboys fans super passionate, but man, they I mean they really feel like they can win Super Bowl every single year, no matter who the quarterback is or who they have. I mean, they really they're like this is it, this is the year. Jerry, take well, listen, us there. I'm a complete homer. Like I think the Royals uh, are going to win every year. Like I'm ridiculous. Okay, I, I, I'm just you know I'm a Kansas City dude. So yeah, every year yeah. I think the Chiefs are going to win it. Every year so, I'm like the Royals. We're going to get out of April. Hey, hey, DJ, say right? something even even sweeter than that. Greg Pryor just sat down on the couch in the studio here. So uh, you know you're you're saying that at the right time. <laughs> yeah, another friend. Hey, I guess sometimes here. you get lucky. Sometimes <laughs> no, you get they, lucky. Nice name drop. <laughs> yeah, um, so let's circle back. Uh, you know, I want to get this quote in about Isaiah Simmons, you know, him being a Kansas City guy. We've had some Kansas City kids get drafted here in the last few years, but this is from uh, Coach John Hilton, and I don't know if you know him, uh, but he was the offensive coordinator at Olathe North uh, Simmons' junior and senior year, um, currently the athletic director in Lawrence. But uh, he said, I'm very excited for Isaiah and his family, being a first-round draft pick is the dream of every kid that straps up the pads. Isaiah didn't just dream about it. He put in the work that needed to grow and develop his God-given skills. Isaiah is one of the hardest-working kids I've ever seen. The Arizona Cardinals got a steal when he fell to them. Not only did they get a future star on the gridiron, they got a high-character guy that will make a difference in the locker room and in the community, end quote. So, um, that's from Coach Hilton. Not sure if you know him, but uh, you know that kind of reflects you know some of the things we talked about with Simmons earlier. I mean, if you want to just watch Simmons run track, watch him in high school run track. Like he is different. His whole body is just different than everybody else's, and he was thin in high school. Yeah, I mean we 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 see what he has turned into, but we got to remember Clemson didn't jump in to recruit him until nine days before the signing day. Yeah. They came in late. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, but you called me the week before that game as, you know, I'm breaking down film and stuff and preparation, which I was coaching, you know, I was assistant O-line coach at the time at East. And so I didn't see a, a ton of him, you know, we were a flex bone team. So I didn't really watch the other team's offense that much. And, 
I don't know if you remember, but I was like, ah, he looks he looks decent on film. Really? <laughs> he looks decent what? on film. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, probably one of the dumbest <laughs> things that I ever said in my life. How about kicking off to him? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Uh, which the one he made <laughs> in the corner – Kind of, we, we were trying, you know, our special teams coordinator at the time told our kicker, kick it in the end zone away from Simmons. And what's he do? He tries to kick it in the end zone uh, towards Simmons, and he jumps up and makes the catch. And, you know, in high school, if you come down in the end zone, it's automatically a touchback. So somehow he tiptoes the line and then goes 100, you know, 99 and a half yards to the house and kind of breaks our back there as we were attempting to get back in the game. That's funny. That, that I, 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 I'll say I remember that night, actually. I think I called you after the game, and you were talking about this kid. This kid killed us for like four, four five. How many touchdowns did he I, have? I think he had three, I think, at least. And you, you told me about that play, and I'm just like, what? And he's like, you're telling me about it, and you're like, dude, Clemson got like – because he was already committed. He, no, Clemson. he wasn't committed yet. He wasn't? No, and they oh, came it was in, later. It was later yeah. on we are talking about it, and you're like, dude, Clemson just got like a major stud. Like, like, from, oh, from that yeah, night on, right. I was like, I'll never doubt this kid again in my life. Well, people overlook us here in Kansas City. We have football players here. Mm-hmm. We have good football players here. We have really good football players here. And we're going to get another one here, a little bit named Ronnie Bell, coming out of Michigan, who went to Park yep. Hill. That's going to be, he went from being the freshman to being the guy who's over, you know, People's Jones and, and all those cats out there. So, like, he's... Ronnie Bell is going to be the next dude, but yeah. seeing a guy like you know we, Olathe North has just put up some guys. So I mean, yeah. Olathe North has been a football factory. Like you, you want to talk about class? You want to talk about just the way you carry yourself as a as a program or as an organization? You go from Darren Sproles and Mac and all those dudes in there, and then mm-hmm. you get then you get Isaiah Simmons, and then all of a sudden you're going to get Arlen Bruce. I mean, like. Well, Latham North has produced some some quality individuals, and there's yep. you know there's some quality football here in Kansas City, and I'm glad we're getting more recognition here to Kansas City that people can come in and see that the high school football here is pretty good. You know, on both sides of the state line, there's some really good football being played, and some really high level kids here that you can come here and you can you can make some football players here in Kansas City. You really can. Yeah, and, that's, and Isaiah Simmons is going to be a flagship for that. We need that. Definitely. I mean, you know, and that's, you know, I, I cheer for all of these kids that leave Kansas City and, and go to these big-time schools. You know, obviously coaching against Arlen Bruce right now, you know, he's kind of a nightmare. But uh, <laughs> he's going to be a big-time player. And, you know, all these kids that leave Kansas City just help to show those people that, hey, we got some really good football here, and we're going to keep playing, and we're going to keep coaching these kids up. I mean, we get three uh, in our week eight when we play Lincoln Prep. Lincoln Prep. Now, this is when we, this is what we're talking about the level of athlete here in the city. Like, you're not supposed to recruit the IL. Mm-hmm. The Scholastic League does not produce athletes. That's that's the thing. You can't go into the city boundaries and go get studs. Lincoln Prep has three Division One defend, defenders right now. Yeah. Like they have three Division One defenders, so I mean, you you there there there's a lot of talent here, a lot of talent here, and, and you know you're gonna have to see it. And when people see Isaiah Simmons, they're gonna be like, "Wow!" First of all, they're gonna learn what the hell to say Olathe, 
which is yeah. a struggle for most people because it doesn't make sense. And you know, you get people who are like, oh, Kansas. What? Yeah. So hopefully people start coming out. They start seeing who we are, what we're doing here as coaches. I mean, see how many athletes we're pulling. I mean, Iowa's, like I said earlier, Iowa's in. Iowa State is deep in here. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. but, but I mean, Mizzou Graham has abandoned in Wisconsin us. right now. Yep, Graham Mertz of Wisconsin. You know, who almost um, didn't know, get to go to the uh, U.S. Army All-American game, Under Armour All-American game, you know, was kind of a, a late add to that game. And then goes down there and threw, what, six touchdowns? Well, he tore it record. Out. I watched that. Five, five it touchdowns, yep. Five touchdowns. Yep. And you were there, right, at that game? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yep, it was yeah. pretty cool. It was, it was amazing to to watch him um play with that type of athlete and be like wow look at him just spin it because you know he was just a guy that we we had you know worked with for some years at epic seven and and seen him around and and you know his his clutch family family quality family and then to see him go out and do that and uh, i had talked to him earlier in the week and i said uh who's your favorite guy and he's like smallwood and so i see uh Smallwood gets isolated one-on-one, and they pressed, and I was like, oh. I just turned around and told everybody, I was like, this is about to be a touchdown. <laughs> and sure enough, he ran that go route. Mertz put it right on. That kid just ran right by everybody, and you were like, that dude's unbelievable as an athlete. I think he's at Auburn. Like, he decommitted from, like, six SEC schools. He was out of Georgia, and I think he ended up going to Auburn. But wow. he's one of those guys where you were like, First of all, as a coach, if that dude was on my team, like I would be doing whatever I could to get that kid the ball. Like he was unreal. Unreal. Yeah. So we started out talking about, you know, your team, your year at Central. You mentioned several guys that you're excited to have back next year. And I just want to kind of close and have you talk about you know, going into year two, obviously you guys took steps in year one, you know, doubled your win total. And I know as a coach, the 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 biggest wins don't come on the field. You know, they come off the field. So just talk about going into year two, kind of where, where your expectations are with your guys. Uh, the, the cool thing about year two is since we were in, under such pressure, last year as far as what I wanted to put in, what my DC wanted to put in, what my special teams coordinator wanted to put in in such a short amount of time. We had 15 days. Mm -hmm. But now the kids know us. The kids know what we're about. I'm going to get to do something that's so cool as an offensive coordinator, and you would understand this as a defensive coordinator, Gary, is I'm going to be able to motion this year. We didn't run motion last year. Because we had to just, you know, narrow down and eliminate what we could and what we couldn't do because of practice time. Mm-hmm. So being able to put in the full offense, I'm excited about. I'm excited to coach these young men who have bought in, who have decided to dedicate their lives to being better young men. And then we can get to the football side. And we've, we've had our referrals are down, our GPA is up, our, our Fs are way down. And that's the exciting part of seeing kids understand that there's a chance to do something with their academic part that does, that's going to last a lot longer than their athletic career. And so uh, 
our second year. We're excited. We have a new schedule. Um, I had to lean on some coaches around me, um, Leon Douglas from North Kansas City, specifically about how do I put this schedule together that allows us to be competitive because I'm a guy that wants to play all the top three, top five schools in class three. And we're not ready for that. And to have to analyze that, research that, and admit that to yourself, that I need to go a different way. I think this year with our schedule, we've made it more competitive to play schools that are more around our level. And uh, excited to see that take place. I'm excited to see some young men who have figured out that football may be an option. And we just wanted to give some kids an option to try to um, better their lives, change their families' lives, change the way they see their family, change the way their family sees them. I mean, that's been the goal of what we're doing here at Central. The whole time is to give kids good information, allow them to make decisions, um, to better themselves. And I think we're, we're on the cusp of really putting some young men in a good position to, you know, have a chance to play um, Division Three NAIA, maybe even Division Two football for some of them. And so, I mean, that's, that's the exciting part. Most definitely. Um, you know, I mean, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. If I could sum that whole thing up, you know, kind of in a phrase is your referrals are down and your GPA is up as a team. And that, I think, is the first key to building that program there at Central where you are. And so I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that, that, you know, hey, year one, um, you know, we, we knew, you know, you knew going in. You're not going to go out and go 10-0 and, and and win every game, but it's small steps. And, and the first step in that is, you know, just getting those referrals down, getting the GPA up. And, you know, if you're not eligible, you can't play. So, hey, let's all get eligible and so that we can have a better year too. And we had, we had, some, we had a situation where I do weekly grade checks and I do it old school. I like paper. Mm-hmm. I want you to get it signed by your teacher. And I had two starters that play, you know, for us, they play both ways and have both of them come to me before we go to play the number one team in the state, Odessa, on the road. For them to come by my room three times during the day and then show up without a grade check, I was like, you know, you guys aren't going. And they were like, what? You know, our grades are good. And I said, yes, your grades are good, but you don't have your bus ticket. And I've asked you to do one thing. Get your stuff signed today. And you didn't do it, so you're not going. And oh. to see that effect on our team, like our team was like, oh, my God, they're not going? Like they were like, we're really going to lose. Well, we was going to lose anyways. <laughs> <Don't guess laughs> yeah. Um, we were going but, on to the team that won the state championship. Yeah. You know, but, again, it's important to teach them that life lesson, you know, the, that yep. it might be a little thing to you, but it's it's a big, important thing. So, as we wrap up here, thank you again for coming on today and talking to us. It's always great to to chop it up with you. Yeah, thanks, DJ. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we'll talk to you again, hopefully, right before uh, fall kickoff. But yeah, let's have fall kickoff. Everybody stay your rear yeah, ends for sure. inside. Yes. Like, I'm not, try- I'm not playing with y'all. Let's go. <laughs> Don't yeah. leave. Yeah. So – All right, well, I'm Gary. This is Austin. Jim, behind the scenes, our guest, DJ Patel. 
We are Midwest Mikes, and we'll see you guys next week. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, "Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, "Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico. Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.